Welcome into Solving for B, your podcast for all things branding and marketing. In this episode, our experts discuss the viability of brands remaining neutral or taking a stance in the face of increasingly polarized times. So settle in for this edition of Solving for B with Brand Extract. Hi, and welcome into Solving for B. I'm your host, Chris Wilkes. And in today's episode, we're going to discuss polarization and how brands should respond or not respond in these very divided times. And to help me break down the topic, I'm joined by Director of Brand Experience, Cynthia Stepech. Hey there. Uh, making her podcast debut, Brand Manager, Tia Johnson. Hello. And President and CEO, Bo Bodie. Hey, Chris. Thanks for stopping in today, guys. Um, so the inspiration for today's episode actually spawned from conversations we're having amongst the team um, in the wake of, of the George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Aubrey murders. Um, all of those things paired with the state of where we are right now as a society, between the protests against racial injustice, uh, debates about wearing masks, and even the looming 2020 presidential election. Um, all of that taken into account, um, it's safe to say that we're in one of the most divided times in our nation's history. Um, so I wanna start with a simple question. For brands, is there room to be neutral anymore? Um, I would say that uh, being neutral is probably something in the past. Uh, brands are living, breathing, active participants in society now, and you can't hide. If you remain neutral, somebody else is going to make your position up for you. I would say that nowadays, neutrality is a stance within itself. So although you may take a stance of being neutral or you may be belaboring how you're going to be taking your stance, neutrality is seen as a stance in itself. I, I tie those things together, right? Uh, we say it every time. We say it on this pod, podcast all the time. You don't own your brand, you manage it. So, you know, you, you can remain, I think to that point, you can remain neutral, but that neutrality says something. Well, but I think, and we talked about this in our prep I think the what ends up happening is you're never neutral. Nobody's ever been neutral. And we yeah. talked about this in our thing. You know, Switzerland was, I mean, they weren't neutral. They were taking a stand. They wanted to make money. Yeah. You know, they made money from both sides. And that when you when you look at when you look at neutrality, there's no way to be completely neutral in any. And I think that I think that this generation um, and, and the the rise of social media and other mediums. Um, have made it made it to where people can see your your motive, you know, your motivations. I wouldn't say ulterior motive, but your motivations. I think the thing is, are you conscious about them, um, and do you do you are you doing it purposefully, you know, or are you just to Cynthia, you're just kind of willy nilly with a brand. Somebody's gonna to brand you um, if you're not branding yourself, especially around issues um, like the ones we're facing right now. Right. Yeah. And, and so I think for brands, it's important, Bo, you touched on it. It is important for them to consider who they are and what they believe and what's important to them and, and, and really hammer out those mission, vision, and values. So I guess my next question is um, for brands, what guides or what dictates the positions you do or don't take? I think you kind of nailed it, the brand drivers, you know, mission, vision, values, um, and then the way the associations, the way that the company acts in general, end up guiding it. You know, we talked about this earlier, you know, the, 
the decisions that we had to make about how we were going to address the current issues were very brand extractish. You know, we, it wasn't like, you know, we, we all of a sudden like overreacted any different way and, mm-hmm. and took a position that was not authentic to who we were over, who we've been over time. Um, and I think that that's key. It's key for your employees, um, but it's also key for the environment around you and your, your state, other stakeholders, you know, the, the market. Um, I think it's, it, you, if you don't have those things nailed down, if you're not living them day to day, it's a lot harder to make decisions when, when crises or polarization happens. Yeah. Absolutely, Bo. To piggyback off of what you've said, you cannot let what is happening exteriorly, so if there is a movement or if there is something that happened, you cannot let that dictate what your core values are or what your brand is. It should right. be the opposite. Right. You dictate. I think you're right. Absolutely right, Tia. Exactly. And I think it's uh, not to, I'm not calling out any brands or anyone, but it's kind of, there's a little bit of this authenticity, you know, where it's like, are people overcompensating for having the lack of, you know, brand values that they can, they've been leaning on, you know, where it's just like, you know, they might overcompensate with messaging, to kind of be in line with, you know, where everything's going. Um, I think if you stay true to yourself and you actually have, you know, values that you can lean on, then you won't end up having to do that or you'll be less likely to do that. Yeah, and we, I mean, we have a core value, do the right thing, right? And it's a really difficult value. We were having a discussion before starting this earlier. Um, you know, everybody has grown up or been brought up in different environments and, and we're all different, you know, and so... Yeah. how do the right thing can be mean a different thing to everybody. Um, but at the, at the core of it, you know, if you're, if you're, if you've got values that you believe in, if you hire to those values, if you train and manage, and if you live those values, it's a lot easier when things like this happen um, to, to stay true to who you are um, and then not take a beating for being who you are either. Uh, because it's like, oh, okay, I expect them to be that way. Um, you, we may disagree, and we are a company of individuals with individual uh, ideals, you know, but we somehow come together to produce and work together um, and, and live and have fun and serve the community together. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's, that's the great thing about this. Um, the challenge is some of these things have been really sensitive and you're walking on nerves. And so how do you address those things, you know, in a way that represents your organization, but also represents each individual. Uh, Chris, in a nutshell, what we're saying is um, in order to have our stands and decide how we want to move on these things, we need to do our pre-work first. Mm -hmm. We need to set our foundation and make sure that that is what we are going to be doing as an organization going forward. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as you've done that pre-work, it's, it's, you're not, you're not reacting because I think when we touched on it a little bit, there's a tendency sometimes to overreact or even underreact. But if you have those guiding principles set out and you live those every day, step up mm-hmm. and own it, do the right thing, all those kind of things, then you just go consult those values. You go consult what you stand for. And then you know what your marching orders are, right? You know how you're going to react to this kind of thing. And I think that, that brands that do that the right way, I think they alleviate a lot of that pressure and a lot of that crisis communication and a lot mm-hmm. of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. 
And the great thing too is, is that it's not just for company leadership or for the way they communicate, it is for their employees as well. Like we were talking about how it affects our own, like our staff, you know, and everyone who works for BE for, you know, if you think about larger corporations, it's like, you know, if they don't have established, uh, you know, guides or, or values, then, you know, things like this happen. You might have your entire staff and or all your employees saying like, what, what do we believe in? Like, how do we stand? And if the leadership doesn't say anything either, that leaves them all in a really awkward position. So same thing. Yeah, it, it needs to be. And that's the thing is, and it's important to get not only have those values, but to live those values and, and to, to disseminate those values from the top down or even bottom up, whatever it is. It's their culture, you know? What are they about? What do they yeah. stand for? You need to make sure that it permeates your organization so that everyone's aligned. And, yes. and while being sensitive, Bo, as you mentioned, we're all different people with different ideals, with different you know, morals, with different all these kinds of things. But I think there's something, and I don't know, I don't know if we can define it. Uh, it. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, but I don't know if we can define that thing that even though we are a group of people who have different ideals and different morals and different upbringings, where we can all come together and align and really be maybe harmonious is overselling it, but being, being um, together in how we want to, the yeah. face we want to present and, and the stance and the position that we want to take in some of these more serious, heavy issues. Right. Well, I think, I think the idea, you know, the, I don't know, a concert, you know, an orchestra is kind of a great, symbol of this right and i think the america that i believe in or that i've grown up in is like this is what our ideals are you know freedom of religion you know ability to express ourselves you know the differences you know and those things collide i mean even our founding fathers and with their their foibles and their problems um you know they saw this was going to be a challenge with what they were promised you know and and that's the the conflict that you see in organizations all the time too is that you you're a group of people that have different pressures and different, you're different ages and, and different races and different creeds. And somehow you all kind of work together. Okay. You know, and it, and it works. And I think some of that is just absolute is just respect. Um, and it's respect for not just the, the rights you have, but it's respect for just the human condition. You know, the fact that we all have struggles, we all have things we deal with and, I think leaders need to be attuned to that. But I also think that everybody in the organization and in our country, you know, that's what we were founded on, you know, was like, we've got to figure this out and work together in a way to make it work and all believe something different. And that's pretty crazy when it comes down to it, you know, and I think that, that one of the challenges that we're seeing today um, is that leaders leaders seem to be representing a certain group of people as opposed to all the people. And, and I think that is a challenge um, in this polarization, whether it's in an organization, you know, whether you like the chemists more than you like the loading dock people or whether it's in, you know, politics, whether you're blue or red, you know, you, you're still elected to represent all the people. Um, and I still lead all the people in our organization. And so how do we do that in a way? Because the four of us may have very different beliefs about certain things. I have to respect that. And hopefully you respect that back. And I think, you know, organizations that kind of are founded on that basis, again, back to values, core values and mission, and have a shared understanding of that, the, the pre-work that Tia is talking about when they do it, 
makes it a lot easier to make decisions Uh, and people can get along and have conversations as opposed to just, you know, shutting down and blowing up. Yeah. So, okay. So ideally you've done the pre-work, right? You, you, you've defined your mission, vision, values, you disseminate that kind of stuff, but let's, let's assume for a second that you haven't, or even if you have, and it's a really tough position or stance, what are some of the considerations that brands should take when they're deciding whether to, you know, back A, back B, B neutral, which is, as we talked about, you know, maybe option C, that it's taking a stance in itself. What are some of the implications that they need to consider um, as they're putting together messaging or communications or, or, you know, identifying their position on this kind of thing? Well, I think first and foremost, we have to consider our audience internally and externally. We've got to consider our employees. We've got to consider the people that we work with, our partners. And also we've got to consider our customers and what they're thinking and what's important to them as well. Yeah. I I would even add, I would even add the general public in in time in today, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, and, and not that that should be the deciding factor, but we do live in a time, you know, Tia, we, we listened to that podcast about cancel culture, right? We live mm-hmm. in a time where that kind of stuff, you know, you may have, you may have customers who agree with a position you take, but the rest of the world doesn't and you get quote unquote canceled. So, <laughs> you know, like you need to consider that you need to consider the, the, what this looks like to even the outside world, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it just goes back to brands needing to know who they are, you know, who are you and what do you believe in? Um, You know, whenever the public engages with brands, especially customers like loyal customers who or brand advocates, whatever uh, advocates for certain brands engage with that company, it's like they want to have a conversation. So going back to this whole thing about who is the company, who's the brand, like, what do you believe in? What are your values? It's like, even if you whittle it down to the per the individuals who are managing and speaking for the company through social like channels or their accounts, it's like, they have to be on message and they have to know how to engage with that audience. And also I think there's a, a bit of history involved with that too. Like how, you know, what types of conversations have they had in the past, but whenever it's like, these are really, you know, um, important and high, you know, evoke a lot of passion and emotion when you're speaking about these uh, current events that it's like, you know, you you need to know who they are. You need to be prepared to communicate again in an authentic way and in a human way so that it's like, it doesn't come across as, you know, kind of fake or weird or dismissive. Yeah, which we saw a lot of, you know, we've seen a lot of that over the last three months, you know, yeah. and I think the, I think there are, there are two things here. One, I think, Chris, you said it, you know, you don't want to just move to wherever your audience wants you to move. I mean, you, you need to, you need to be authentic and be, be smart. And if you're moving to where you would move normally, then good for you. But if you're making a massive shift and you've always acted a certain way, and now all of a sudden you've seen the light and you're going to, all of a sudden be perfect or, you know, in the eyes of what, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, I think the best, one, a good example recently of a brand standing up for what it believes in was, you know, Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg and, and kind of, I don't want to be the arbiter of truth, yeah. which sounds a little bit like a cop out with a lot of the things that are going on. But the reality is that has been the, 
that has been his, their full-on, you know, position since day one. Yeah. You know, we want a free flow of information. Now, the complications of the world and, and what's going on and, and, you know, hackers and, you know, whatever, content farms and stuff like that, you know, that, that's, that complicates that decision of who they were, who they've been, you know, but, but in reality, you know, back to this cancel culture piece, you know, the New York Times, the New York Times author that came out and was like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, this is becoming censorship. Again, if Twitter, if Jack Dorsey is going to say, we want the free flow of communication and information, but then he's going to censor certain groups, you know, and I'm saying that right or right now, they're, they're doing a good job of being all sides, you know, that just taking that step is counter to what the founding principles of Twitter were. Now, the other side is you may have other principles about be nice to people. If that's one of their core values, then, then Twitter's really gone awry. <laughs> but, but the, but the, but the, but those are the kind of things that, uh, you know, your values, how they a- attach, how, the, how culture, how your values respond to culture and then how your audience responds to your values. You know, if there's a point where you need to adjust and we've redone our values a couple of times at Brand Extract, you know, part of signs of the time, part of us growing up and figuring out who we were. Um, but, you know, culture changes, times change, you know, maybe we don't have to have grit, you know, one of our core values, maybe it's not so tough five years from now. And there's a more important thing that we need to focus on. Um, but those are the kind of things that, that you still, at the end of the day, you got to be authentic yeah. and true to who you are. Bo, you, you touched on the evolution of brands, of a brand or brands in general. And for me, it feels like over the last, let's call it, five years, there's been mounting pressure on brands. It used to all be all about profits, but now really it's, it's, it's about, um, it's about doing good or doing no harm. Um, so I think brands are being put in a position and, and, and being slowly pushed to have to, um, reconcile these things, whether it is, you know, some, you know, maybe they can sit out conversations about social justice, but there, there are things that I think, depending on your company, you can't sit out anymore. Do you guys, I mean, do you find that true? Or do you think that there's still, there's still places where you can sit things out and don't have to address certain things? It, you know, you're going to, if, if you're a large company, especially if you're a B2C company, but even B2B companies, some, somebody's going to put you under a microscope, <laughs> you know, and it might be, uh, you know, kind of a, an investor who's incredibly interested in how you're treating the environment or, you know, it might be a large publication company and it's your audience is kind of like, how are you, what's the inner workings of your company? You know, it's like somebody's going to call you out. You're going to get called out. Just be prepared for it. And uh, back to this whole thing with, you know, corporations are treated like individuals. I believe corporations even have like their own rights, (laughs) like an individual now. Um, So be prepared to be approached as an individual, you know, and people are going to ask you questions. Yeah. I um, think that we may be at a point where some companies or some topics may have the luxury of not 
having to have a stance or a response. But in quick, short order, in the next couple of years, everybody's going to have a micro uh, a magnifying glass on them. Um, mm. So you may be able to sit this one out now, but in a couple of years, you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, the next one you're not going to, you know, or the proverbial next one you're not. Well, gonna. you know, the funny thing is, you know, so so we, and I guess we got multiple generations here. I think I'm the old, the old man in the room or old person in the room. But, you know, we grew up with, you know, don't talk about politics. Don't talk about religion. That it, I never was like that, right? I always kind of did it, but I always, that that was put on the companies that people worked for. And I think there are two things that you kind of unpacked here, Chris, that, that um, God, I hate the term unpacked. Um, two things that you brought into this. One, investors like BlackRock, I and mean, we know this from some of our clients who they come to and said, what is your ESG strategy? What is your environmental strategy? You know, what is your racial injustice strategy? How are you going to achieve this? What are they doing? And oh, by the way, we're pulling funding if you don't have this addressed in the next six months. You know, and so there's that dynamic that's going on. Where it's like, look, we just, the market is making a move. And then there's the dynamic that T and I talked about from a generational standpoint. Of, you know, I had no expectations of the companies that I worked for to step into the ring uh, in, in politics or religion or social injustice strength. I, thought, I, I expected them to be good. I expected them to hire people. I expected them to, to, to uh, address equality and, and pay and all that kind of stuff and be fair, but I never expected them to take a position. And that's not the case in today's generation. Today's generation like, is like, what do you believe in? What do you stand for? And I won't work for you if you don't believe in the same things. You know, I do think it's a little misguided back to what we talked about of like, we represent a company of different individuals. And so a company taking one position might alienate 50% of their audience. You know, so we have to be careful with that, but at least the, the ability for them, for, for those people to share their voice and the company to allow for that, if they're not going to take a position um, is going to be critical you know, for brands moving forward and companies moving forward. Cause there's no way you just can't hide. You can't be Switzerland anymore, you know, because everybody knows that you're just in it for the money. You know, you can't, you can't hide that anymore, you know? And so what drives you, what are your values? And you're taking a stand to Tia's point by not taking a stand. Yeah. And, and the internet and social media, all that kind of stuff has, has given us an increased wow. level of transparency to where you can go, you can check the receipts, right? You can always go back and look and see, you know, who's done what and where they've, where they fall, where they have fallen on specific issues or haven't fallen or and things like that. So it makes, it makes thinking about this as a brand, um, even as an individual, it makes it important to, to consider, you know, do you, you know, how is this, how is this going to look right now? But the flip side of that, and Bo, we've talked about this before, is like, how do things age, right? If I, if I take a stance right now, 10 years from now, is, that, is somebody going to dig up an old tweet and say, wait, 10 years ago, you were on this side of something yeah. like that. And so it's, it's tough, man. It's a minefield. Yeah. Um, well, it's revisionist. You can't, I think the thing is, you know, no matter what, people grow, people change, things happen. You say stupid stuff, you know, our founding fathers were slaveholders. I mean, it, it is it's what it is, right? It's how do you react and respond to that today? You know, and I think 
you know, how do you make sure that there is justice? How do you make sure that those things are there today? You know, and so if poor, you know, so-and-so media personality said something stupid 15 years ago when it was okay to say those things and people laughed about them, you know, that doesn't make it right. No. But, you know, that doesn't, that shouldn't define that person today. Now, if they have a history of doing that and all their tweets over every minute of time, (laughs) and then then for a year they decide that they're not that way, okay, that's a different deal. Yeah. And so we have to be careful with that. You know, it just, you know, call the question, do you believe this? Does that matter? You know, but I think the judgment of people so quickly, and when I say that even corporations and organizations, when we're talking about brand, um, that's a dangerous place to be because we've all made mistakes. Yeah. And you, and what you're talking about there, you're talking about context, right? All of it has, all of it is con- within context, right? If someone makes one, I'll use Drew Brees as a Saints fan, right? And he's got a personal brand. Drew yeah. Brees recently, you know, with the Anthem, um, you know, policy coming, coming into question, he came out and stated what he believed in, but it was in the, the context of that was that it was in the middle of, um, everybody kind of coming together, a lot of people coming together, particularly a lot of people in the NFL coming together for, to support racial inequality or to support uh, racial justice, right? Um, but if you check Drew Brees' receipts and notice that he's given millions and millions of dollars to, um, to, to communities, you know, uh, minority communities in New Orleans over the years, and that how much he's done for the community of New Orleans um, you can go back and look and say, yeah, maybe he was a little misguided here or he said this um, at the wrong time. But canceling him is not the right thing to do because we have the context of he's been on the right side of all this stuff for, you know, the past decade and a half. Right. So, it's like there's actions and then yes. and what he's saying. They don't, you're kind of like, did, you know, you did all this stuff over here, right? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So well, it's Chris, a, it's, yeah, it's all about, as Cynthia said before, authenticity. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about what you say or a statement that you put out there. It's how you back up your actions. That's mm-hmm. just as important as putting out a statement. It is, you know, if you are taking a stance on something, you are perpetuating that stance by doing things to further the stance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really glad you brought that up, actually, because that's a huge piece of this is you can put out that beautiful press release. You can put out that amazing tweet or whatever it is. But eventually, yeah. if people check back on you in a month, in, a, in two months, in six months and realize that there's been it's all lip service and it's it's, yeah. you know, you, your company hasn't changed anything or you haven't, you know, sure. supported these causes, then you'll probably get dragged through the mud. And, and rightfully so. You know, you you, yep. you don't want people you know, to, to jump on this bandwagon, whatever the bandwagon may be, and just use this as an opportunity for good pub. Um, that's becoming more and more kind of, I guess, um, transparent than ever. And so yeah. one thing I want to shift a little bit to is, is, you know, if you are going to put out a statement or you are going to take a position, whether it's a tweet, whether it's a press release, whether it's a video, whether it's a commercial, whatever it is, um, what's important to communicate out to the audience, your audience, whether, and again, that audience is, it's definitely, um, you know, the audience is definitely your target audience. It's your partners, it's potential employees, potential investors for some companies. But at the end of the day, I think it is also there for public consumption. 
So mm-hmm. what are things that we want to consider, we would recommend that brands consider um, when they're crafting these positions and or statements? Well, I think first we need to kind of like, you know, see where they're at, you know, have they had a guidepost? Have they have guidelines or guides? Are they existing? And I think there, there's like kind of one track for that. If there's nothing, it's like non-existent. That's another track. <laughs> so it's like if they've had already an established structure for back to their values and everything else, then, you know, it may be, I don't think it, it's like, who hasn't seen this with brands on their websites? And it's like, this thing matters now to us. Right. And it's front and center. It's on their homepage. And I'm like, okay, if, if it's a company that's already been acting, they've been involved with the community, they've been giving back, you know, it's like they could probably produce articles or produce an opinion piece or something that ties into, this is what we've already been doing. You know, it's like, we've, we've got all this behind us that we've done and we're here with you today versus Hey man, this matters to us too. And, you know, so it's like, those are the two tracks I think we would have to look at to see like, are we here or there, you know? And that's not to say that if you, if something like I'll use black lives matter, for example, that's not to say that if you haven't has supported, you know, uh, minorities and black lives in the past, like with, with donations or anything like that. And you don't have the receipts, like I talked about to go and check. It's not to say that you can't, but I think one of the things that's important is to identify opportunities. If you're going to put together a commercial or, or a press yeah, release or whatever and say, hey, look, this is what we're going to do going forward because maybe we have been asleep on this. Maybe, you know, Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter, whatever, yeah. whatever cause that we're talking about. They need know. to have a plan. Absolutely. Because yeah. if there's no plan for follow-up and they fall flat on their face, that's worse than probably keeping their mouth shut. Yes. You know, because then it's like, wow, you want to talk about retribution afterwards it's not going to be pretty so I'm sorry Tia go ahead oh no I was just agreeing with you um it's definitely very important to have a plan and if you haven't had a stance on something say for instance we're talking about saving the whales in the ocean and you are a company that dumps millions and millions of gallons of toxic waste into the ocean you have to acknowledge your mistakes and have a plan to how to move forward right well, and I think that I think that's the big thing is you know mission, vision, values, core values, living your beliefs, doing that over a period of time that gives you a little bit of, of ground cover when something bad happens, and not that's not the intent, but it does give it to you, right? And then having a plan, and then I think you kind of kind of the timing with Drew Brees, right? And then addressing it the right way, you know, brand extract may not be putting everything on all the different you know, on all banners and everything. But over time, like we've always done things, we've always taken a measure approach to things. Here's what we're going to do. Okay, now let's go do this. Let's put this into the system and let's go do this. And let's get our hands dirty and let's be involved. And I think that's that's what ends up, sometimes uh, to Cynthia's point, you know, if it's authentic and they've always been that way, then by all means, man, grab the tiger by the tail. Mm-hmm. You know? But to, to Tia's point, if, if they haven't been and they don't have a plan and they don't have all that together, there's nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with taking a bit of time to make an adjustment. Because we, we've yeah. seen some reactions that I, I'm surprised that shareholders are okay with, 
you know, with these large organizations giving millions of dollars to, to nonprofits that they know nothing about. I mean, you can read about it all the time. It's like there are 500 Black Lives Matter chapters and there is a danger that you could you could put it in the hands of somebody. Let's just say this, that isn't that the money's not going to be as optimized as it could be if they did a little research, took a breath and found an organization that was, that was either more, that, that could take that donation and do more with it. Um, so I'm not going to say anybody's trying to be disingenuous or mislead, um, but the reality is, you know, if you're a public company and you're a brand in the marketplace and you have this capital and you want to invest it in something, you know, I think today's the time that you can do that more than you've ever done it. You know, I mean, it used to be all about profit. You know, now it's not, right? BlackRock's establishing that. The, the millennial generation, you know, our representative on the, on the call here, you know, is, is going to demand, you know, that, that you be involved, that this organization be involved or allow them to be involved in a way. And, the, and money can now move into that realm a lot freer than it did before. And that's a huge benefit to what's going on now that I don't think people are, whether it's the environment or black lives, social injustice across the board, equality, you know, whatever it is, you know, there's going to be a very American piece to this too, right? We're a very generous society. There's going to be capital. There's going to be recapitalization um, that nonprofits and, and people that are making a difference are going to have access to that they wouldn't have otherwise in the past because it was just seen as the marketing expense and not something that the organization needed to do for it to be responsible to its shareholders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this is, so this is a great opportunity and I don't do this a lot. This is a great opportunity for a plug for our ESG episode where the, Bo, the stuff you're talking about, the capital that's available to, to yeah. certain companies, they meet certain standards. Mm-hmm. Those are, they're like green funds out there. I mean, there, there are things that are specific to people who have their ESG in order. So um, one of the things about that episode that we talked about, and there's a lot of tie in here, I'd recommend anybody who's interested in this kind of thing to check that episode out. Um, but what's, you know, more and more ESG reporting is becoming tied to, to good business, right? Like it, it, and it, and there's a whole branding component to it too. It's about understanding who you are making those shifts and, and assuming or getting to the point where things you are authentic in, Mm -hmm. in, um, your, not only just what you're reporting, but making sure that your brand reflects those things that you're reporting on and you're trying to get better um, because there's, there's layers to that. But, um, you know, you guys talked about, about kind of looking before you leap. One of the things that I'm, I'm interested in, in, in your, your takes on this, um, you know, if, if let's say something horrible happens, you know, like we, we, we all saw the George Floyd video. Um, if you take a step back, to, to be thoughtful and think about how you want to take, you know, how you want to speak out on that or, or, or what position you want to take. Um, I'm curious, do you think that that like hesitation can hurt you? Um, and if so, is that, is that worth the, the risk to kind of gather your thoughts and then be thoughtful? Great question. Hmm. I don't know. I think right now there's a lot of, um, there's everybody saying a lot. There's so much noise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you take a breath and assess where you're at and the, just what's happening with 
when, what it, whatever it may be. It's like, I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a breath and thinking about it before you start, you know, you may say something that you regret. Just think about it for a little bit. I don't think you have to just jump in automatically and just kind of throw out your instant reaction. I think that's a bad idea. I would say that for, that's for a company and an individual. So <laughs> I agree with you, Cynthia. I think that it's very, it's very important for you to take a breath, a breath and not just have a reactionary reaction. Um, mm-hmm. However, waiting too long itself yeah. may put you in that category as, you know, you're not taking a stance and that is a stance in your, in itself and other people will right. fill in the blanks where your silence is. Yeah. yeah. And I think people, I think people forget that, um, that they're, they're you're an organization and, and the size that you are, you know, you kind of the organization working through its people and its employees and even its customers um, is a big benefit here. And I think a pause is important um, unless you have, unless you have a set strategy, you know, exactly how you're going to address exactly. it. A lot of the stuff we're dealing with right now, pandemics, uh, racial injustice and rioting. I mean, some of these things like you, there's no playbook, there, yeah. there was no previous playbook for that. Me so, too. I mean, it, yeah. yeah. It's just, <laughs> I mean, so it, things. We're all going to work remotely for five months. I mean, you yeah. know, the, and, and wear masks. Um, the, there's no playbook for that. So it makes sense to take a breath and go, okay, now you're going to have to take, there are some short-term quick things that you got to do. Oh my gosh, I'm going to run out of cash. I got to do something. Or, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you know, it, it's on our doorstep. What do we do? You know, or, oh my gosh, 20 of my people have COVID, you know, we have to, re- you have to respond to that. Right. Yeah. But if you do have to Tia's point, if you do have the chance to take a breath, take a second and go, okay, how are we going to respond? If you don't have a plan already. Right. I think that's been something that in this whole thing that's going on right now, there is no, nobody could have been <laughs> perfectly prepared for all the stuff that's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it, it makes sense to take a day. You know, and to TSP, you are going to get beaten up. There is going to be something happen. Somebody's going to go, why didn't they say something? Uh, yeah. But then your response is even more critical. And right. so if you are going to take a breath, get it together quickly so that you can respond the right way. Yeah. And again, if you're prepared ahead of time, you know, and you've thought through yes. this and your brands and your house is in order, yes, then it's going to be easier to respond if you're not prepared which is more important than ever, it's going to be difficult to respond quickly. And yes, right. there's going to be that silent silence. So yeah, it shortens that lead time, right? If you've got your house in order, like you mentioned, if you got your house in order, it's easier to find your keys as you're running out the door. Yeah. But yeah. So, so authenticity and, um, and thoughtfulness, I think is greater than speed in this, in this here. So um, I think we can get out of here on this, guys. I, this is great. I, I really appreciate the time, guys. Thank you for joining us. Um, and uh, we'll catch up with you guys next time. Thanks. Thanks Bye. Bye. Thank you. That does it for this installment of Solving for B. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we invite you to check out brandextract.com for more podcast episodes and other insights. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Solving for B with Brand Extract.